Revelation 20, verse 11. It says, And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it, the earth and sky, fled from his presence. I, I, I always stop there. God's, just God's presence, his raw presence is so strong that if it showed up in fullness, this planet would start moving to try to run away from that. What we call the presence of God in our servants is not really the presence of God. It's the presence of God in a small, itty, itty, bitty, bitty measure. We could never handle the presence of God until we get to the other side. Okay? And it found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Your entire life is supposed to be in preparation for that one event, because that one event will then determine how you live forever. And, uh, you know, some of us have prepared for other events. You know, if a lady is getting married, I mean, no, she is prepared for that thing. Sometimes a week or two out. Sometimes she was daydreaming about it since five. You know, but it's it, either way, when getting ready to get married, there's a huge preparation for that event. Um, and so, uh, and we, you know, we prepare for many different events, graduations, you know, marriages, parties, you know, whatever it is. You know, uh, but this is an event. That is coming whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, and we need to prepare for it. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 4. This is Paul who had an experience. He said, this boasting will do no good, but I must go on. <laughs> I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations that I had from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven because there are three. Actually, that's not true, but... Three that we know about. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. So this is this man's experience when he was caught up to heaven. Uh, he never expressed why, um, but um, he was caught up to, uh, uh, to the third heaven, which is actually what we call God's domain. There are three types of heavens. You have the heaven. First heaven is what you see in the sky. The second heaven is what you see in outer space. The third heaven, we have no idea how far away it is. But the third heaven is where God lives. Um, it is quite a distance away. You actually have to jump through portals in order to get there. Um, and so, um, and I don't want to get too deep because that's my favorite and most powerful subject is actually the subject of heaven. Um, but it's very unfortunate, unfortunate that many people um, in the world, let alone in the church, many people don't believe that God gives people visions and dreams in order to uh, show them these things. Um, what's worse is if you don't believe that God gives dreams and visions, then you definitely won't believe then that um, God catches people up to heaven, catches people out in the outer space. Where, by the way, the outer space realm is where a lot of the domain of the demonic realms, their castles and their kingdoms is in that outer space realm.
Um, they set up their headquarters there. Uh, that's as far as they can go. Um, they, they, the, the demonic realm, that's where their thrones are, their headquarters, all of that stuff. And then they send out missions throughout all planet Earth in order to destroy, to destruct, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, you know, like I said, I think Wednesday, Henry Ford made a statement. I think this is what he said. He said, whether you believe or you don't believe, either way you are correct. And the Bible says that all things are possible to them who what? says you can't please God without faith. If the Bible says that all things are possible to them that believe, then that means it's possible for every single person in this room to have an experience like that that would shift and shape. Y'all, I was reading a story about a man. How much was he worth? Was it $30 million? $10 million. Thank you, Jonathan. She just, the businessman would remember the money, wouldn't he? Again. <laughs> so she was $10 million. And the man had a vision. If we were talking about the right one, he uh, caught up to heaven. One experience for a few minutes, he came back, gave all his money away. I mean, that's how, that, that's how glorious it's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a man that he had an experience. He's a member of our church. Um, and, and he said that uh, he, you know, he was praying about some things, about the realness of Jesus. And he was in his car, and he said the air opened up. <laughs> and, and Jesus stepped through the air and out of a portal. And walked up to his car. You've heard that story about how he said that when Jesus stepped in with his presence, he said, from that moment, I realized that everything that we're looking at is not what we think it is. He said, not even the air is what you think it is. Like he said, because he said everything, the air, he said the trees bent over and provided a platform for Jesus to walk on. He said the very elements were singing and begging God for mercy at the same time. Worshiping, but also asking him to stand back. He said the metal in his car began to bend back and begin to crush him. He said the metal was crying out to Jesus, please have mercy, Lord. Please have mercy. He said everything came alive. So in that realm, <laughs> it's not like this. Actually, everything is this. <sighs> Come on. Everything you see around you is actually dead. And the presence of God would actually make it fully come alive. I told you when I was walking down the Silver Common Trail and those trees came alive and they began to sing to me. That was both scary, haunting, and exciting, and exhilarating. It's like, things that got are like a roller coaster. You know, you jump on it, and you're like, oh! But in your mind, you're like, oh, why in the world did I let my friend convince me to do this? We're about to die! Then it ends, and you're sitting there, and I think we should do it again. <laughs> well, that's how the things of God are, seriously. I mean, they're very, very scary. Kenneth Hagin said he got so deep into the spiritual realm, he asked God, I need you to turn it off. He said, but this is scaring me now. Your mind cannot comprehend. I mean, just the creatures that are in heaven. The one with six wings, and it says that there are eyes on the inside of his body and eyes on the outside of his body. And they got four faces. Okay, I, don't, I don't need to see that at the zoo at, at, or the horror movie. I don't need to see nothing like that. Okay, your mind has to be right. But see, that's the creative power of God. His creativity is unlimited. Okay? So, um, it's very unfortunate that, uh, that men that don't believe in these things... And, uh, and yet the body of Christ was called to walk into them. Um, there are barriers between heaven and earth that were never supposed to exist. Um, and that's the problem. Um, when God created uh, this planet before sin, when he created this planet, earth, and he created Adam and Eve, he, he created it to be a colony. And I got two definitions. This is a definition of a colony. A colony... It's a body of people who settle far from home but maintain ties with their homeland. 
second definition of a colony is a colony is a group of people who create a settlement in a distant land but remain under the governmental control of their native country. <clears throat> so when planet Earth, I got to help you understand something. Let me, let, me, let me preface it by saying this. It is very unfortunate, you all, that what has happened, what was created, and what Jesus has done, and what our future is, has been turned into nothing but a group of, uh, of religions. You know, and, and like I, I know this, I know it scares people when I say stuff like this, but I had to let them know that, that to help you understand the future, you have to look at the past, because where we are in the middle is something that was never supposed to happen. Y'all got to follow me. If Adam and Eve would have never sinned, most of what you see, the entire planet would disappear. Everything. The trees would look different. The flowers would look different. You would live forever. There would be no such thing as having to go to the bathroom. Your body would consume everything because there was nothing called waste. No bad breath, none of the crust in your eyes, none of the type of stuff. All of the things that the ladies want and the men want. I mean, do you realize that if Adam and Eve would have never sinned, we would not be able to comprehend what fat on the inside of body was? There'd be no such thing as cellulite. There'd no be such thing as doctors and hospitals and nurses. We would not be able to comprehend what sickness and disease was because it would not exist. There would be no poverty. Now, people will agree with that until I say this. There would be no Bible. There would be no blood of Jesus. It was only shed because he messed up. So if Adam and Eve would have never messed up, Jesus would have never shed his blood. And we wouldn't even know what the blood of Jesus was. Wouldn't know what a Bible was. Wouldn't know what authority. All of these things that are in, in Christianity right now. So I know some people may misunderstand this and don't like this because it makes them uncomfortable. But, y'all, the truth makes you uncomfortable. Religious always makes you comfortable and dead. Religious stuff. Okay? But what we call Christianity is actually a temporary band-aid until we get back to the place where Adam and Eve were before they sinned. It's never supposed to be a church. Never supposed to be such thing as a pastor or an evangelist or an apostle or a prophet or a praise and worship. None of those. Well, maybe the praise and worship, that could be wrong. Okay? None of those things were supposed to exist. This is terminology and things that came into play because Adam and Eve sinned. So in the beginning, there was no barrier between, and i got to share these things, because Jesus died for the purpose of trying to get us to some normalcy back before Adam and Eve. Okay, So there are barriers that were created when Adam and Eve messed up. And so Jesus came in order to break those barriers back down until we can have the fullness of it in the future. So look at this scripture right here. Uh, the Genesis 8 I'm sorry, Genesis 3, 8 through 10. It says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man. He said, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Okay? So this is an example how in the beginning that there were no barriers between heaven and earth. Come on, y'all. God is just coming down, nilly-willy, walking in the garden every single day, so much so that Adam was not alarmed that he was there. Adam was alarmed he was there because he was naked. And, 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 and like I said, I think, last Saturday, when the Bible says that Adam and Eve, were, they, thought, they saw that they were naked and they were ashamed, it's not because they were ashamed because of how their bodies look. How many of y'all believe there is no weightlifter on planet Earth that looked like Adam? 
There is no bikini model or whatever else you want to call it that look like Eve. Adam and Eve were killing anybody that you think is fine. Period. They, he was chiseled. She was fine. I don't even know the terminology. All of that. I mean, you still, when Adam and Eve, oh man, let me slow down because I'm getting all over the place. When Adam and Eve sinned, the supernatural was still in the planet. It took a while to wear off. That's the reason why in the beginning, men didn't live forever, but they could still live for five, six hundred years. Because that supernatural substance and element was still in the planet, and it took a while to wear off. Y'all got me? Why I just shared that, I have no idea. I'm getting lost out here in my own river here. Let me get back to where I'm supposed to be. Okay? So there's this, there's no, so it took a while for the wear So this barrier, there was no barrier there. God is just coming down, and he's just talking with Adam and Eve. Oh, that's where I was at. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, so the reason why they were ashamed is because the Bible says in the beginning, before they sinned, they didn't even know they were naked. Because something called the Shekinah glory, they did not look like we looked. Like, you know, I understand. We live in a day where the technology is so low that all we can do is create mundane stuff. But the pictures that you see in Adam and Eve, that is not how they looked, folks. When you see pictures of light, any of you seen a picture of God and the light was just shining around him so much you couldn't even see his face? That's what they look like. Okay. That's why the Bible says they didn't know they were naked. They live by the spirit man. I know this is a little deeper. They live by the spirit man and not by the physical man. They didn't make decisions about what they saw. They made decisions about what they knew. Okay. So when they sinned, that light disappeared. And they looked at each other the same way I'm looking at y'all. And when they saw that light disappear, that's why they were ashamed, because they knew they had messed up and that light had left. Otherwise, I mean, you know, a man and a woman that look like that, when they're naked, they're not going to be ashamed. They might be turned on, but they ain't going to be ashamed. You know, I have to keep it real for all of the people that's, you know. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3, 23 through 24. No barriers. God is coming down, walking with them every single day, just communicating with them like they were regular people. Regular people. Okay? No barriers. Now watch this. How God starts a thing is how he intended the thing to always be. So if God expected there to be no communication barrier between heaven and earth, no physical barrier between heaven and earth, if he designed the system in such a way where earth would be a colony far away from heaven, but you would still be able to interact between both, then that's how it was always supposed to be. Okay? Always supposed to be. Which means then that God is not against people having those experiences now. Which means then that if you go to a supernatural church where they teach that, like our people all the time have those experiences, but if you go to a religious church where they don't believe that, well, then, bam, you, you only have, you know, you're only going to have, you're only going to have what you believe. Like, you know, Bitter Sobitabo says, there are no mountains anywhere. Every man's mountain is his own mindset. Now, the thing is, we don't know if Adam ever got a chance to visit his homeland, heaven, before he sinned. When he sinned, a barrier was created so he could no longer enter the garden. And let's read that, Genesis 3.23. The Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden. He sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim, these are angels, to the east of the Garden of Eden. He placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard 
the way to the tree of life. I used to think that the, the flaming sword that it swung around, it said it flashed back and forth like lightning. So there's a sword that God put in. Now, let me tell you something. The Garden of Eden was not the size of your backyard, folks. Get rid of them little Adam pictures and them Jesus pictures. These are men who have no intellectual creativity to be able to comprehend how big this thing. The Garden of Eden was the size almost of the continent of Africa. Okay. That's how big it was. The reason why they will never find it is, y'all remember what I told you, Adam and Eve looked different before they sinned. It was a glory around them. The reason why they can't find Garden of Eden is because the Garden of Eden disappeared when sin came on the scene. The whole area looked completely different than it does now because it was a colony of heaven. So the, see, even what we call, even what we call with trees, we call it beautiful in the fall, we're actually looking at death. When those things are turning different colors, it's amazing what, how beautiful death can look. It's just crazy. All right, let me keep it high. I'm just, I'm trying to go slow, and I keep getting lost in my own teaching, because this is, I don't understand why I'm going slow. Hey. Oh, so this flaming sword, that's the sword, we're back to the sword. So this sword, it didn't twirl around like this in case you approached it. The thing moved faster than the speed of lightning. Because these, whatever these, see, in, in heaven, mechanical objects are also living beings. So this sword had to, it was, it was, the sword was a living being. It was a sword that was living, that was responsible for making sure that nobody came in the garden. So the thing moved all the time, like at the speed of light, to cover every single aspect to make sure nothing was sneaky in. Because if anybody ate that tree of life in a demonic state, they could live forever. Can you imagine somebody like Mansing not being able to die? That's what would have happened to the entire race of mankind. If Adam and Eve would have ate that tree, they would have lived forever. All right. So when sin, I'm I'm just talking, I'm a talking preacher today. When he sinned, a barrier was created so that he could no longer enter the garden. And his sin created a barrier which would not allow him to enter heaven or access its power and resources. Okay. So when Adam sinned, there's no longer this interaction between heaven and earth. Barriers went up because God cannot even look at sin. Okay. It's not that God, God hates sin, but it's, it's so, it's the opposite of his nature. People don't understand what vomit is to you. It's worse than that. That's what sin is to God. And so when they sinned, they created a barrier. The first barrier was you're no longer allowed to come into the garden. The second barrier is now heaven is closed off to you. I mean, no, that's messed up. Hey. And so those are the things. And so then what happened is this. Then what began to happen is this, is that, is that as men multiplied upon the earth, so did their sins. And as their sins multiplied, so did the barriers. So if you could look into the other realm that we call the eternal realm or the spirit realm, you'd see millions of barriers that are there. Just millions of barriers. Things, you'd see walls, you'd see fortresses, you'd see fences with barbed wire. I know people are like, this is sound like something out of a sci-fi. Sci-fi is poverty compared to the eternal realm. I remember one Baptist minister, you can look this up, it's a book called Placebo. It's on a website called spiritlessons.com. It's a book called Placebo. The Lord, these angels took this Baptist minister in the outer space into that realm and showed them just the different classes of demonic beings. So have you heard me share this before? They talked about one, they said some look like men. Um, they said some, most of them look like creatures. 
Uh, and they said some uh, were so hideous that if you saw it on a cover, you would be just as afraid as if it was in your bedroom. And then they said the most, he said the most mysterious ones were the ones that they were shaped like men, but they had just skin over their face. No eyes, no nose, <laughs> no lips. No, you can have that. I'm not going to hell, folk. Okay? But those ones, those beings that have no faces, he asked the angel about him that was carrying him throughout outer space to show him this. And he said that. He said, we, uh, you are not allowed to question us about that group. He said, but I will tell you this. He said, they are masters at making people turn lunatic. He said, those are the ones that deal with the psychotic. They're, they're these arts. It's, it's, y'all, this stuff ain't no joke. This stuff is no joke at all. Started to put on, I started, I got a, I got a nice little social media quote. Lord gave me about 300 of them now. I started to put this one up yesterday. I pastor a battleship, not a cruise ship. When you pastor a cruise ship, and you, watch this, we, we opening up and creating cruise ship, fighting against the battleship. You out there in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> on a cruise liner, a dream liner, the Disney cruise, you out there cruising and everything with tea and crumpets and everything, and then one, and then a Russian battleship shows up, what you supposed to do? Well, pull out the routers, look like we going down today, y'all. <laughs> Titanic part two. <laughs> Isaiah 59.1. Here's God telling you about the barrier. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and won't listen anymore. Sometimes he can't because of the barrier. So, and let me say this. There are things, here's the definition, and there are two, I should say two types of sin, but I'll put it in the category. There are things that God said, do not do this. And when you do it, it is now sin. Then there are other things God said you are supposed to do. And if you don't do that, it is sin. Y'all got me. Sin simply is you have sins and then you, you have sin, the nature of it. And then you have sins, which is the all the actions based on the nature So sin, S-I-N, is what Jesus came to destroy. You had a sin nature, a nature that was like the devil. So the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, they they hit you with a little wand, bing, and you become alive again. That's why you hear these songs, my hands look new and my feet did too. No, there was the same ashy hands and the same crusty feet that you had before, but because you changed on the inside, things look different. Okay? Things really, really look different. No, all y'all, most of you know what that means. Okay? So, I'm lost again. Got to take my time with this stuff today, boy. She said, look behind me. It's not, see, they took it out. <laughs> see? That's why you shouldn't mess with the preacher, Kim. <laughs> what, did, what did y'all have up behind me? The Lord's arm is not too weak to save. Nor is, oh, yeah. Oh, I got to read the rest of the scripture. That's what she was telling me. Hey, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned you away, and he won't listen anymore. Okay? So these things, and so this is the reason why the enemy will try to pull you into sin, because he knows when you sin, you're actually helping him with a barrier. And that's one of the things that I was saying. The definition of sin is to simply miss the mark that God set for you. 
So if I take you to the gun range, okay, the mark is the bullseye. Would you agree? If you don't hit the bullseye, you have sinned because you miss the mark that was set. So, so in many different categories, God says, this is the mark. This is what you're supposed to do. If they did you wrong, forgive them. That's the bullseye. If you don't forgive them, you have not missed the mark and you didn't hit the bullseye. That's all sin is. And so because you didn't hit the bullseye, because with God, there is no, you know, you got these little, you know, degrees, you know, 10, you know, 20, your little point system, 30, you know, 40, 60, all the way to 100. With God, it's only 100. And that's why you will never get rewarded for sin. You only get rewarded for hitting the bullseye. Okay, because sin is missing the mark. Okay, let me just go ahead back. Let me go ahead because I don't want to get off track. I want to go ahead and finish this up. I'm a little deeper today. Sin creates it. Holiness is one of the things that removes barriers and allows you to interact with heaven. That's one of the things. It's several. But holiness is like the prerequisite. First, Second Kings 6, 15 through 17. This is an example of what you can walk in. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Don't be afraid, Elijah told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elijah prayed, Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see what I see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. When you go back and read that story, the next verse says that when the, end, when the army came to advance against them, Elijah just stood there and kept on doing what he was doing. He said, Lord, strike the entire army with blindness. And those horses and the fires of charge instantly made everybody blind. Okay? So now, I want you to see this comparison here. Two individuals, both of them serving God. One can see and the other one is blind. And because one can see and the other one is blind, both of them are in the same scenario but react differently. See, and so this is the frustration that I have is because I'm at a certain stage in my life based on what I've been doing. I see stuff. Other people see stuff. It's frustrating for us when we see stuff and other people who don't see it because of their maturity or whatever reason. They make fun of us when actually you're blind. That's all it is. Okay. And, and, and it's amazing because once the man, let me say something. See, how many know Elijah was a holy man? He walked close with God. He didn't have a bunch of drama in his life. He was a holy man. And so because he was a holy man, the resources and the powers of heaven were allowed to come through the barrier and be his personal assistant. And he knew they were there all the time. It's not like he had to pray and the Lord opened up his eyes. It says the servant came and said, hey, uh, this army is getting ready to attack us. What are we going to do? He said, calm down, son. He said, the group that's with us is in greater number than the ones you can see. And then he said, Lord, Open his eyes and show him what I know is already there. <laughs> and then the Lord opened up his eyes. Y'all, let me tell you something. There are two types of blindness. There's spiritual blindness and physical blindness. With physical blindness, you know you are blind because you can't see. Everything is black. With spiritual blindness, everything is black. But you don't know that until they open up your eyes. <laughs> well, I don't want to get to that scripture. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. This is very important. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. 
Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. This is a command, folk. For you have died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ. So if your real life is there, this means your, this life down here is fake. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory and all of his reward. This scripture right here, after you become a Christian, is the most important scripture. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on what is real in heaven. Thank you. Got my zipper down. These new pants. Thank you. See, that's technology. Somebody said, amen. Yo, hey, this is a side lesson right here. No, because I was actually, it's funny because the person, one of the individuals that was supposed to be here this morning, was, it was supposed to be in this context. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit made my zipper come down so I can teach y'all a lesson. I'm just saying that didn't sound right. Y'all, y'all know what I'm saying. Remember what I said in the beginning about God chastises those that he loves? You can never see what's wrong with you. That's very important. And that's physically. I'm sitting up here preaching with my zipper down. Did I know that? No, because you can't see yourself. Everybody else could see what was wrong with me, but I couldn't see what was wrong with me. I don't know what that mm-hmm meant from Terry. <laughs> we gonna put Terry on the back row. She keep messing up my story. Okay. I just tried to throw this in because it was something I was supposed to do in the beginning, based on a certain person being here. Okay, and I'm gonna still have to do that. But you, y'all, jump to Jeremiah thirty-three, three. Will you get the Amplified and the Message translation? Still got a couple of minutes, so let me explain to you all about translations. I got to teach on multiple levels, y'all. When I say King James, New American Standard Bible, King, New King James Version, the New Living Translation, the English Standard Version, the Amplified, the Message, the world thinks that these are different types of Bibles. They are not. It's the same Bible expressed in different type of languages. So it's not separate Bibles. King James Bible was translated from the original. NASB translated from the original. NLT, ESV, Amplified, Message, all translated from the original. But in the 1600s, they, did, they talked, Doth thou haveth five dollars. That's how they talked. So they translated the original Bible in the language that they talked in that day. So the reason why you keep seeing more and more translations is to help the modern culture with the Message Bible. We basically call that the Ghetto Bible. (laughs) Message Bible says some crazy stuff. So Jeremiah 33.3 in the Amplified, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know. You do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. You know what God is saying? It's a lot of stuff that you can't see about yourself. That's a lot of stuff you can't see about your spouse and your children and your life and your ministry and your business. It's a lot of stuff that you can't see. And if you don't spend your lifetime constantly asking me to show what you cannot see, you might live your life raggedy for the rest of your life. Now, in this example... I can't. I couldn't see that my zipper was down. If I had crust in my eyes, I couldn't see that. If I had something in my nose, I couldn't see that. Okay. If I had some candy and it came out of my mouth and it dropped in my pants, I couldn't see that. You can't see yourself. That's why the Bible calls itself a mirror. 
that you're supposed to stay in every single day. Because as you look into the mirror, you'll see yourself. Because the mirror shows you what you're supposed to look like. And as you read the mirror and look into the mirror, you're like, mm, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to forgive, but I'm not. But the mirror says I'm supposed to. And then you make adjustments to line up with the mirror. That's why it causes a mirror. Now, if I can't see the physical problems can I have, what about when it comes to the spiritual stuff? The stuff you can't see. You generally can't see your own pride unless you really, really focus on it. I focused on it for nine years, and I'm still trying to get some of it out, out of me. You can't see the areas that you got a bad attitude in. And, and you, y'all, it's hard to see when you are getting off track. You can't see yourself. So if you don't walk in humility and allow God to check you, your spouse to check you, your children to check you, truth be told, anybody check you. Okay? And God will send certain sources to check you because of one reason. You can't see yourself. And pride says, oh, I can see myself just fine. I don't need any correction. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. I don't need anybody to show me anything. And that's pride. And the Bible says pride goes before what? Because you can't see yourself. The reason why you fail is because you couldn't see what was sitting right in front of you. You couldn't even see the snake that was getting ready to bite your leg off because of your pride. Pride blinds you and humility opens your eyes. Literally. That's not theory. That's not spiritual. That's actually scientifically true. So, we're supposed to focus in on heaven. I just did that preliminary thing. I have have one more scripture. Two more, actually. Actually, three. (laughs) Because the Bible made it clear that our focus is supposed to be on heaven the moment we're born again. Focus is not supposed to be on your job, on your business. Okay? And you know what the sad part is? The sad part is, you want to tell, uh, today the ministry is very hard for me for only one reason. Because of what I know and what I see. And when I, and based on what the Lord is showing me, based on the experiences I'm having, based on things that I'm seeing, I almost can't, it's like a, it's a, it's a different type of depression to watch people waste their lives every day. It's trip. They, they waste their lives every day. They don't spend time with God. They don't pray. They don't read the Bible. They don't tithe. They don't give. They don't serve. They don't do anything. They don't evangelize. We watch TV and we do a bunch of other stuff and then we tip God. Like God told one man, he said, he said, the folk y'all tipping at the restaurant, they get more than I do. Jeremiah 33, 2 through 3, in the Message Bible, this is God's message. The God who made earth, made it livable and lasting, known everywhere as God. Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you marvelous and wondrous things you could never figure out on your own. Think about that. Now, this tells you, well... This tells you that there are all of these different type of barriers that prevent us from seeing reality. God says, you need to ask me so I can show you things that you would never be able to figure out on your own. There are things about my life and my family's life. Some of the Lord spoke to me about this morning. I almost got teary out. It was another rebuke. My rebukes are daily, by the way. I'll just let you know. I mean, once you once you realize that that's how the system is, once you realize that God chastises and rebukes people that he loves, not the ones he hates, once you realize that it's for your own good because he wants you to get the reward, as big a reward as possible on this side and the other, then you'll 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 be open to the rebukes. Once you open yourself up to him, it come like a freight train. I mean, it's like an assembly line. Just you wake up, bam, he come a rebuke. You go to bed, rebuke. Go have a dream. It's a rebuke. Get up. I mean, somebody Lord has somebody rebuke me in a dream. I'm serious. You know what the end of the part was? 
the person rebuked me for some small area, seemingly, that I wasn't walking in love. And the person rebuked me in the dream for me walking in this area that I wasn't even conscious that I was doing that. The person was weeping, though, like I had left the church and my entire family behind and moved to Russia someplace with some prostitute. That's how hard they were weeping. And then when I woke up from the dream, I understood that it's the small things and the small sins that we don't think are a big deal. It's the whole universe to God. That one little small thing was making God weep because you can do better. Y'all, Christianity is supposed to be a disciplined life. There's stuff that you're supposed to practice and do every single day. And if you don't, you'll live dead till you die. Come on. Yeah. All right. John 14, 2 through 3. We've got two more scriptures. Am I, this is a good part. I'm about to show you all some pictures. And, and if you watch this on our website, you'll be able to see the pictures much clearer. At this location, this is a top-of-the-line digital screen, but for some reason, those pictures, it won't show it right. The little cheap screen, never mind. Okay. John 14, 2 through 3. In my Father's house are many mansions. He didn't say all of them were. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. How many of you want a mansion in heaven? Everybody mansion. Unfortunately, a lot won't get one. Remember, I told you about this barrier between heaven and earth. Okay. Now, let me tell you something, y'all. It is okay to go up and look up a few stuff on YouTube. But let me tell you something. If you get on YouTube and you start watching stuff all day long, on you, I'm not talking about you. I'm not still watching stuff on YouTube. I just happened to look at her, so I said I'm not. Well, and the reason I had to do that is because she sent me a YouTube video the other day. And I'm talking about YouTube. I happened to glance at her. That's why I said I'm not talking about you. We're not talking about what she did. I'm talking about where day in, day out, day in, day out, you're on YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. What's going to happen is you're going to go crazy. Because some of the stuff is off. Some of the stuff is in between. You can't just listen to Armageddon stuff all day long and not go crazy. You'd be out there in the corner with a sign in front of the church. The end of the world is coming tomorrow. I'll be right out there with another sign. No, it's not. Come on inside. <laughs> Y'all, you got to be careful with this type of stuff. Okay? But, but the barrier has allowed men to be caught up to heaven and caught down to hell. So God can show them the other side. Come back and draw it. Come back and show it so that men can get their tired behinds together. I was listening, I was thinking about Lisa's testimony. That, there were some people that scared them about the people that God has caught down to hell, and they see movie stars there and actors there, Michael Jackson, the Pope. Y'all, and I think people get scared because they actually think that the Bible is fake. They actually think that God is some like some little pushover. I'm sorry, folks, God is not a pushover. When the people that have been, look, if you want to see this stuff, it's all free. Go on Spirit. Lessons.com. It is a website, and it has like 40, 50 books, just the books alone. All of them are free. And it's people that have written books that have been caught up to hell, caught down to hell, caught up to heaven, and they came back and shared the experience. What's deep is how all of them line up. Some of them are different because it's a very vast place. And the things that these people saw and experienced is it's insane. The people that we know on planet Earth, and then they die and everybody says, rest in peace, and now they're in hell. And, and it teaches you, quit following these people that you think are important. 
I don't, you know, let me tell you something. I don't listen to music that glorifies adultery and fornication and drugs and cussing and acting a fool. I don't follow people like that. I'm not googly-eyed over no movie star, period. I'm a son of God and I'm supposed to be moved by you because you can sing? You must be crazy. I'm carrying the authority of the universe. I can make stuff come to pass, move mountains. I got angels as my assistants, and I'm supposed to be moved by somebody because they live fake and act for a living? No disrespect to any actors, but you live your life being fake. I wish I could live my life. I mean, they're going to pay me $20 million per picture. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. What I'm saying is put stuff in perspective. And we live on a planet right now that does not put stuff in perspective. It is okay. I was looking, I was at some place, and I was looking at the television screen. It was a restaurant, I think, or a place with my wife. And I'm looking at the television screen, and they were showcasing all of the millions of dollars that they were paying each baseball player. And I was sitting there thinking about how much of a warped society that we live in. Well, we will pay a man $50 million to shoot a ball through a hoop. But keep the teachers and the police officers and the preachers broke. The ones that's really changing people's lives, make sure that they don't have two nickels to rub together. I saw some little raggedy program, and they wanted to rebuke the preacher because he had a $40,000 luxury vehicle. A $40,000 luxury vehicle? You see $45,000 luxury vehicles in the ghetto. But the people that's helping people, changing people on, bringing them into the kingdom, yeah, make sure they're supposed to be poor. But all of the people that's pulling, pushing filth and raggedy foolishness and tearing up society, making music to cause our kids to go crazy and turn into monsters, all of the stuff we can... Oh, let me just stop. I can't even, I get so frustrated I can't even talk. It's just insane. So we lived in a very, very warped society. The folk that actually protect us and make stuff happen, keep them broke. But the ones that push sin and foolishness, let's make them rich. And God allows them to be rich because it's the only reward that they will have. There's a psalm, I can't remember where it was. In the entire psalm, David complains about the wicked. He complains about the wicked, complains about the wicked, complains about the wicked. And then at the end, he said, but I changed my mind when God told me I allow them to be prosper because it will be like a breath, a breath, because in one moment they will go down to hell and wither up forever. And then the next verse says, therefore, don't be envious of the wicked because their time is short. Seventy years versus eternity. And God loves them so much, I'm going to let you have a mansion. I'm going to let you have multiple Lamborghinis and Rolls Royces. And I'm going to let you be big pimping and fly around the country and have movie stars because it's the only reward you will get. And when you see the true reward, you'll wish that you had actually personally been homeless versus a movie star. Got homeless men that are kings and you got movie stars that are not even in category or bum. And the Bible says that those that stand before God, when they open up that book, let's see, is your name in here? Nope. It says that angel is going to take you by the hand and fling you in the hell. That's the disrespect against those that reject God. Why are you trying to embrace them? <clears throat> you got sinners trying to tell me how to run the church. You must be crazy. Put this back down. I don't even need a drink after that one. See, so Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Okay, so I'm going to just show you a couple of pictures. This is very, very important, and then I'm going to show you the last scripture. Okay, people have been caught up to heaven. When they have to come back, throw up the first picture. All of the stuff that looks like it's pink, that's actually diamond. They go up there, and they have to draw this to scale based on their memory. 
God sometimes uses men that have a photographic memory. I just found out that I didn't know that Senator Ted Cruz has an audiographic memory. He can hear something one time and he remembers it forever. He can listen to something 30 minutes and repeat it verbatim right back. That's scary. <laughs> Okay. I'm not saying he's scared. I'm just saying that that's, that's a serious gift it's for a reason. If, if, if men have photographic memories and men have audiographic memories, can you imagine the level that Adam walked in? How do you think Adam woke up and learned language? Because when God spoke to him all day, every single day, he instantly knew what it was. He just remembered it and just repeated it. We don't know what the timeline is between when Eve was created versus Adam. Okay, that's another side note. Let's get back to the marriage. They're like, yeah, man, keep it. Keep it. Okay, so... So they said that some of these mansions in heaven were so big that if they were in planet Earth, you would need a car to drive from one room to the next room. So when you see this, these things are drawn down the scale so that we can comprehend it on our mundane level in planet Earth. Y'all got me. So this and this right here was um, a while. I watched the whole video. I've been watching this thing several times. But this right here was the mansion of a woman that we would call an intercessor. She spent, she sacrificed her life praying and praying and praying. And while we were at the movies, while you were watching TV, while, and all the time she was praying, okay, she did not know that that was being built for her on the other side. All of that, you should see the inside. Okay, and, and anything that's built for you in heaven is built based on your personality and your style. Let's show them the next one. Okay, um, now, at first I used to say that was a mansion. Okay, the Lord told, this is a young Chinese girl that the Lord caught up to heaven. And he told her, go back. I believe she was 12. He said, go back. I need you to draw this so that my people can see. And the Lord told her that this right here is what you call the storehouse of grace. And that they're located in different parts of the planet. So every time you need grace, it comes out of one of those things. It's actually located in the planet. The Bible says hell is underneath the earth. Okay, it's a lot of stuff out here, y'all. Watching Looney Tunes all day long, y'all. All right, show the next one. Hey. See, it's hard to tell. The picture doesn't really do it justice. But this is all, this is all diamond. Now, this, how many know? Uh, uh, you like that just in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But what happens when it's the entire size of the United States? I mean, they say that there were houses and mansions that were several times taller than skyscrapers. Hey, okay. go to the next one. I told them, I joke with them, that might be the owner of Burger King, if he's safe. <laughs> My wife would say, you play too much. Okay. I mean, look at this, y'all. I mean, look at the beams on the outside and the columns. Now, I don't have time to get into this. We'll teach this later. But all of this stuff does stuff. All of this stuff does stuff. Okay. And that's the entrance. You got all of that diamond. That's, that's yellow gold. Go to the next one. That might be mine. Okay. <laughs> Not if I don't get my act together. Okay. So, now look how, look, I don't know if you can see the two groups of people right there in the entrance. Okay. And again, this is drawn down the scale. Okay. I don't know whose house it is, but this, this eagle's wings made out of gold as you go into the entrance. Okay. So when the Lord, as we teach this reward system, you have to know that this is the type of stuff that they're building. And you can't imagine it. I mean, they talk about portals from other realms. You know, I don't want to get over into this too much, but in heaven, you have the ability to change your appearance at will. I mean, it's just unreal how that place is. Go to the next one. Oh, unfortunately. 
When I found this out, this blew my mind. Terry said, like, no, 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 I'm not living for Jesus and going to live in one of them. The Lord made it clear to several people that had been called up to heaven. They said that Jesse Diplanus was the first one that brought out something I hadn't seen in Scripture. In the Scripture, it talks about those in heaven. They wear gowns of salvation. Others wear robes of righteousness. The ones who are just given gowns, that's your only attire forever. Because all you did was just accept Jesus Christ. You weren't sold out. You weren't faithful in church. You weren't faithful at home. You weren't faithful in the world. You weren't faithful in prayer. You knew you should ask questions, but you didn't. You didn't tithe. You didn't give. You didn't evangelize. You didn't hardly do anything. You didn't serve. You didn't have to live right. But you did accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So when you get there, they just give you a gown. The robes are for the ones who walked in royalty. Like the kingdom of God says, we rejected darkness. Okay, we didn't just reject darkness. We also engaged the kingdom of God. We found out to do. Did y'all know that usually I don't have the same results. My results are different. But 99% of the churches, it's 10% of the church is carrying the whole thing. Serving and giving. 10%. That is statistically true. 10% of the church is usually carrying the entire church. And my results are much, much higher. Okay. Because I do things differently and just learn some things. Okay. But I'm not going in there living in no two shed. How many want to live in one of them? For the rest of not your life, for eternity, you got to live in one of them because of how you carried yourself. My eyebrows are up again. Uh-uh. I ain't going through all of the stuff I go through. I go through some stuff. It is obvious that the demonic is against me. I just roll with it. Ain't no problem. Ain't no pulling down the shades. You just laugh at it. But it's obvious they're upset at me. They are hot. They hit me from every side. It's psychotic stuff. It's hilarious. Hey? Okay. So, bingo. Let's look at the next one. Now, that's a very, very grainy picture. But those are the individuals that, based on how they live their life, there is no place for them to live in heaven. Holding centers. Because of how they lived. Y'all, let me tell you something. Planet Earth mimics heaven. Watch this. If I kill somebody right now, illegally, guess what they're going to do? The police are going to come, take me to jail, right? Then they will set a date for me to stand before the judge. Then the judge will give that final announcement and then send me right back where I came from. Okay? So in the scripture, it says that for those that die and reject Jesus, they go straight to hell. But it says a judgment date is set. We just read it in the beginning. It says they are all brought before God, and then they're placed their final judgment, and they sent right back to where they came from. We are doing everything in planet Earth based on how they do it in the spiritual realm. Okay? So, so and I'm going to teach this because, you know, somebody will say, oh, no, brother, I don't believe in that, especially this next one. Oh, I don't believe in that type of stuff. Well, okay, you don't believe it. Yeah, that's wonderful. Okay? It's, uh, you know, Satan is usually a much better believer than most Christians. And the Bible says that. It says, the, the, it says Satan and all of his imps, they all believe and they fear and tremble over it. They know the truth. They're just trying to convince you that it's not true. Because it's true. Okay? So, guess what? I'm glad that I heard this before I died and before everything wrapped up. I am quite serious about this, folk. Okay? Y'all, and, and there, there's some people that are still deceived. Forever is forever. It's forever. A billion years and you haven't started because it's forever. What are you supposed to be doing forever? 
you got a chance to create your own ticket forever and you won't do it. Think about that. You y'all, how many of y'all wish we had the ability to create our own ticket when it came to this side? Some of us would have chosen different parents. Some of us would have chosen different neighborhoods. Some of us would we probably would have chosen everything different. I want to be born a billionaire. I mean, we would have chosen different bodies. Some people would have chosen a different race. Some people would have chosen a different. I mean, the list goes on and on. If you could have been given your own ticket for 70 years, how many of you would take it? And there's always some dumb person in the audience, well, you know, brother, I would have to think about it. I would only want the Lord's will. Let me tell you something. They tell me I can write my own ticket. Jesus and the Holy Ghost and 20,000 angels are going to be standing there, and I'm going to write, I want to be a billionaire. I want to pastor a gazillionaire church. And I... Y'all pretend to play too much. I'd be like, I want 30 airplanes. I want a Lamborghini in every color with a custom license plate. I want some parachutes to say Lionheart. Man, I want to, man, I can think up some stuff. Some people small-minded, not me. I can think up some stuff. That's why how God handicapped me in the beginning. God handicapped the church in the beginning to show me you didn't need all of that stuff. Okay? Because I can think up some stuff. Trust me. I can, ooh, Jesus, I can think of stuff. I just be sitting at home just thinking up stuff. <laughs> the point that I'm making is, I want you to, because uh, we're almost done. And I really want you to think about that. Because this ain't some religious teaching. This is not another series. I'm tired of series. I'm tired of church conferences. I'm tired of everything. I need to know what I need to do so I can write my own ticket for eternity. I want you to think about that. After today, it doesn't matter how much time you have lost. It doesn't matter how raggedy you have been. It doesn't matter how sinful you have been. After today, you can start writing your own ticket. Whether you are seven, whether you are 70, you can write. I don't, and that's the frustrating part. And I still don't get it. What it means to write your own ticket for forever. And the only way we can maybe get a comprehension of it is you can write your ticket for a million years. And that's still terrible. And see, and so, and so that's what I mean by the deception of the enemy to trick us out of our eternity. When you can write your own ticket and you won't do nothing. You just keep doing the same old stupid stuff. You keep living for the world. You keep following the world. You keep wasting time. Y'all, it's 24 hours in a day. I, I used to work with a guy at the City Detroit Water Department. And, um, and so... You know, you have people that would be running late to work on Mondays and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, I run late. He would, he would he would calculate it. He says, see this? What number is that? That's how many minutes that you had to get here on time since Friday. <laughs> oh, he was a killer. He is a killer. He's a killer. This is how many minutes you had. Okay? You got off work Friday at 3.30, and you started work Monday at 7 a.m. This is how many minutes you had to get here on time. I've been checking myself, y'all. Y'all can sit here. All of us got stuff. All you, raise your hand if you got something you got to work on. I got multiple things. I'm taking this serious. I'm not going up in no holding center. I'm not going in no, no garage with no green doors. I need my mansion to have its own planet. It's so big. And you know what's wonderful about this? This can't happen in planet Earth. But in here, whether you're black, white, young, old, male, female, homeless, got a job, billionaire, or you don't have two nickels to rub together, we all have been given the same chance to produce the greatest mansion that you've ever seen. 
And when, it's, when you do it right, it's built according to your flavor. There are desires in your heart that you don't even know you have. Any of you been given a gift, and when you got the gift, you realize that's something you would want. What does God know? And I'm trying, and so we got to change this thing where people are now just going to church because their mama go to church or their grandmother goes to church. Or it's, you know, a lot of people, they go to church because it's just simply hell insurance. Let me just tip my foot in the door to make sure I, Jesus saw me today. There it is, Jesus. I just want you to remember me when I stand before your humble throne so I can make it in by my fingernail. No. That ain't going to be, I'm not going to be in that number. <laughs> okay? But if you listen to this and you don't change, you'll be in that number forever and then regret a fake life forever and y'all and it goes so much deeper it just goes so much deeper because of see let me let me let me say this this is 11 o'clock if this is just your living arrangements what is the rule and the of Christ about the scripture makes it clear for those that are worthy, they will rule and reign with Christ. Rule and reign what? What needs to be ruled over and reigned over if all that exists is heaven? Why is the universe expanding at the speed of light? Because, y'all, let me tell you something. As a Christian, as a Jesus man, our eternity is glorious. And in a million years, you couldn't comprehend 0.01% of it. I'm trying to keep up with the mansions. 1 Corinthians 3, 7 through 15. This is where we close. And this is where you start. I'm not going through any of these today. This is just, you can take a picture of it. No. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Do a Bible study on how many times the Bible uses the word reward and rewarded. It's crazy. It says for, and i got to teach on these three, we are both God's workers, number one, and workers always get paid. You are God's field, and in the field you got to cultivate the land so that it can grow fruit. And you are God's building, and all buildings have to be built. So you are God's workers, you are God's field, and you are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very, very careful. Now some of you, this is a repeat, and for some of you, just not getting ready to hear this last scripture. I'm getting ready to read this next verse here in verse 12. This right here is your life every single day. I could not believe I had read over this and did not get it since 1993. 93, I've been reading this and didn't get it. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work 
each person has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Y'all, that scripture is very, very scary to me. The last part says, oh, you might get into heaven, but, it, but depending on how you carry yourself, you might lose everything. Now, they just showed you something that's very, very important. Some of you have heard this before. But one of the things that I've learned is when you've been a part of religious stuff all your life, you've got to hear truth repeatedly in order to squeeze it out. It's some about the negative stuff you can hear it one time and you roll with it. Some about the positive stuff, you got to hear it over a period of 21 days consistently or all the time. The Bible says, make sure you hear it on a regular basis so that you don't let this stuff slip. Every decision that you make all day long and everything that comes out of your mouth all day long is put into one of those six categories. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or stubble. Just when it comes to your words, the Bible says you're going to give an account for every idle word that you speak. That word idle means unemployed. That word unemployed means anything that came out of your mouth that we couldn't put in those three categories, gold, silver, and jewels, you're going to be judged for. And you got to read this scripture over and over and over again because you just go over it and like, oh, wonderful, gold, silver, no. No, they're telling you that your words and your actions, how you carry yourself all day long, all of those decisions are being put into three substances to build buildings on the other side. And every day that you live, they build. They built and started building when you got up today. Tomorrow, they will continue to build. Tuesday, they will build some more. Wednesday, they will build some more. And they'll be building based on what you do every single day. They will be building based on what you say every single day. They will be building while you are living. They will be building while you are talking. They will be building while you are playing. They will be building while you are working. They will be building while you do everything. And this is very, very scary because we do so many things in a day unconsciously that we are unaware of what we are doing. But whether you are aware or unaware, you're still building. And the Bible says that every is called the law of conversion for you all that are new. Where everything you do here is converted to something over there. The Bible says that your tears on this side are put in a bottle and then put in a book. The Bible says that when you worship and you pray, it says it's turned into incense. You remember when Lisa was caught up to heaven? And she said the smell. She said, I have never smelled. She said it was it's perfume. It was like vomit compared to this. She said this smell was just all over the place. And it got to her so much, this beautiful smell. She asked the angel. It's amazing how when you ask angel questions, they look at you like you crazy. They constantly say this in scripture, and they constantly say this today. You ask them a question, they're like, you don't know this? He answered and said, daughter. He said, the smell up here is the perfume that is created when y'all pray on planet Earth. The law of conversion. Okay? So, again, because this is the last scripture. Okay? Every decision you make, how many of you know this is kind of scary and very sobering, and it's very easy to forget this? You get it in you, you're constantly aware of it. When it gets in you, it will begin to control your decisions. It will begin to control your mindset. I've noticed now, because it's in me now, the negative things that used to set me off now don't anymore. When I get ready to react, that controls me. 
Oh, no, I got to walk in love here. I mean, y'all, I was at Walmart yesterday. No, this is a good story about Walmart. I was at Walmart yesterday, and I won't necessarily share why. And there was a decision that the Lord told me. He said, reach in your wallet and do this. And, um, and how many of the Lord has told you to do something and you kind of forgot about it and then he reminded you? And, but you kind of struggled like, nah, I know the Lord told me that I really want to do this. And so I did it. It was when I got home and went into prayer that the Lord gave me a vision of an angel standing next to me with a clipboard. Recording that I obeyed what the Holy Ghost told me to do. That happened to me yesterday. See, the more you get into it, see, the Bible says, to him who has, more shall be given. You start doing this, they'll start giving you more. You start building correctly, they'll start showing you what to change so you can get. Y'all, God wants you to be the biggest, biggest, I started to say player, that's not the good word. He wants you to have the biggest mansion. And, I mean, y'all, God wants you to have what his sons have. That's why when you read in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, it says, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Jesus sits. Because what's for him is for you. There are thrones that are available. Okay? So all of this stuff is being recorded. Gold, silver, and jewels are the categories of good decisions. Wood, hay, and stubble are the categories of bad decisions. Three are good. Three are bad. Now the Bible says you're going to be building something with all of those materials. When you stand before the Lord, after they allow you into heaven, and you go through the ceremony, y'all remember the walkthrough that we talked about last week, how many want to walk through? Boom! You are then taken to your home. You will stand there, and you're like, look at this sucker right here. This right here, make the Empire State Building look like a tool shed. And as soon as you say that, the angel's going to say, set it on fire. We just read it in the scripture. It says, we're going to set it on fire. And everything that you built that's made out of wood, hay, and stubble will disappear. Because fire always burns up wood, hay, and stubble. But it never burns up gold, silver, and jewels. It only purifies it. Now, you don't want to be standing in front of something that's the size of the Empire State Building. And when the flames go out, dude, you got to go down the street to where them warehouses are. Because you didn't do nothing for the Lord. You had a chance to write... Y'all, we can laugh. It's only one reason why we can laugh. Because we still got time. Because, y'all, when it's over, we all, let me tell you something. You could have interceded for the entire planet for 12 hours a day, for, for 365 days a year, and you're still going to be shaking. Because when you hit that ram, you know everything. And you need to know what it's like before you get there so you can be prepared. I don't need to go to Beirut and don't know what Beirut is like. I'll go over there in a Hawaiian shirt and some shorts with a camera and get off the plane. And and I almost said something. And they bop me upside the head and then kill me. But if I had to prepare myself, they said, hey, man, when you go over to Beirut, you you can't do that over there, man. You can't go over to a Hawaiian shirt. You got to go over there. This is how you dress. This is how you carry yourself. So now I can prosper. So God wanted us, because of these barriers, he wanted us, through Jesus Christ, to press past these barriers so that we can have these experiences, and people will start having these experiences, and they can come back and tell us, okay, y'all, the Lord caught me up to heaven. This is what he showed me. This is what he showed me. This is what he showed me. So again, it's 11, 12. 
Give me two more minutes. Category of three decisions, category of bad decisions. Gold, silver, and jewels. You torch those, it does not burn them up. It only purifies what is negative on it. Like, you know, that's what they call dross. Okay? Wood, hay, and stubble, you add fire to that, it burns up. Wood will take longer. I don't want to get over into the teaching about wood, hay, and stubble. I'll do that later. Gold, silver, precious jewels. Remember, we do everything like the spiritual realm because I know I have new people here. Gold, silver, jewels. I got to keep repeating this so it gets in you. When it gets in you, the Bible says the love of God controls you. Gold, silver, jewels. In a race, first place, second place, third place. Notice the rewards for accomplishment only come in threes. First, second, third. Olympics, gold, silver, bronze. Grading, A, B, C. Okay? In the scripture, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Another scripture, that which is perfect, that which is good, that which is acceptable. See the threes? It's always right there in front of you to show you that the reward system is in these three categories. Anything else, you're not qualified. It goes into, see, when you get, A is excellent. Okay, perfect, good, acceptable. A is perfect, B is good, C is what? Acceptable. Okay, when your child comes home with a C, you're like, now look. You don't really get mad, mad, mad in most cases. But, but you're like, look, okay. Mm-mm. Now with D's and F's and then the non-applicable and, and we don't even know what to put here. Yeah. When I was a mentor at a school, how old was this boy still in school? Was this boy 22, 21? 21-year-old boy still in school. His mother was holding him back so she'd get free money from the government. Unreal what is going on in the school system right now. Yeah, that was a sad case. I went, oh, how old is this boy right here? This boy's bitch. He's 21. And I can't remember what his mother was doing, but she was doing something in such a way where she was making sure that he didn't do his homework at home and making sure so that he would get held back. And he was, he was uh, some type of exchange student or something from Africa. And, um, and she was getting money um, as long as he was in school. And uh, that's sad. That's very, very sad. Okay? So, this is the last graphic. You can take a picture of it if you want to. There'll be times where we have intellectual lessons. There will be times where we have great movings of the spirit. Okay? These, from people that have been caught up to heaven, are the seven things that you must do in order to provide the building materials for your home in heaven. I have a strange feeling it's going to be a couple of preachers that are going to have a problem with them. They're going to be the very ones in that shelter. When Rick Joyner was caught up to heaven, now I did know this, but not to the degree he saw it. He said heaven is built in levels. How you live your life on planet earth will determine what level you live on forever. And I'm going to share something with you really, really scary. Most married couples will not be together in heaven. Some of y'all are like, thank God. not a place of equal opportunity folk remember what Jesus said he said when you get there you will be changed and you will be like the angels okay so you can be married to a spouse that's half stepping and if they are you might be on level seven and they'll be on level two they are never allowed to come up to your level you are only allowed to go down to theirs and visit them this stuff is very I've been studying this stuff since 1993 y'all 
since 93. And, I, and like I said, I'm a, it's going to take me almost a whole year to teach this stuff. Oh, but trust me, you're going to be a master when, when it's done. You're going to be, woo, intellectually superior. To, let me tell you something. The stuff that you just learned this year, I hate to say it this way. I gotta, you, 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 never mind, I won't say that. Okay. Seven things. Worship and praise. And not what you do at church. That's part of it. It's what you do at home. Most people don't do it correctly at church if they're even there for it. You cannot do this at church. Talking and we're not talking about speaking to people. When you come in, you got to lift your hands and you must use your imagination to pretend you are at the throne of God. Enter his course with thanksgiving and into his throne with praise. Okay? Because you are there, literally. The Bible says, worship me in spirit and in truth. God seeks and looks for those who he can worship in this way. Another scripture, you know, I love the scripture. God is looking to see whom he can show himself strong. Looking for somebody through whom he can show himself strong. Okay? Worship and praise. Here and at home. Prayer. Not... I lay me down to sleep. I pray my Lord, my soul to keep uh, keep the bed bugs away and in Jesus' name. No. We're talking about real prayer. Where you get up in the morning or you get... Let me tell you something. It's okay if you're not on an early morning prayer call. Some people, their schedules don't allow that. Some people... Let me tell you something. The, prayer, the early morning prayer call is not a commandment in Scripture. Okay? So there are some people that... You know, I, there, there are some people that they actually are praying personally. And then on the last 15 minutes of the call, they get on. Some, they don't get on the call. Some, they do their prayer time when they get back home. How many of you know? As Nike would say, just do something. And the longer you do it... Okay? See, let me tell you something. When I find out stuff like this, I'm not just trying to do a couple minutes of prayer on the way out the door. And I send up, you know, some little splinter up to heaven. I'm trying to do that. I mean, can you imagine what goes up to heaven when somebody, we have somebody right now, they pray eight hours a day praying in tongues for the advancement of the kingdom in Lionheart Church. Can you imagine what is going up for eight hours a day into heaven? It's going to take me a while to teach on this because I'm, I'm a little deeper today and a little bit off. Okay? Worship and praise, prayer, time in the word, that's going to blow you away. That time, that time in the word. How when you're putting the word in, why do you think Jesus said the entire kingdom of God is within you? <laughs> Tithing. Oh, Lord, here we go. Giving. Serving. And it's supposed to be one more. Called evangelism. The one that produces the most is evangelism. When you get somebody saved, that produces the most. So I'm going to have to take a week to teach on each one of these to actually show you how it works. I can't just sit up and say, oh, yes, people have been caught up to heaven. They said these are the seven things you got to do. I don't care who's been caught up to heaven if you can't find this stuff in the Bible. When you see the scriptures, you're going to be like, and then watch this. Last scripture. Ooh, I forgot about this one. Proverbs 1130. I'm going to give you an assignment. Number one, your prayer time along with the other stuff, praying for the president, praying for your family members, praying for yourself, praying for your family, all of those things, praying in tongues. If you don't know how to pray in tongues, you can take in the back room, pray one prayer, bam, you'll be fine. You'll be able to pray in tongues. Praying in tongues allows you to spend much more time putting up building materials. 
as long as you are only reduced to English, you can't send that much stuff up there with prayer. When you can pray in tongues, you now can send. Y'all, y'all see how religion has been turned into, this has been turned into some old religious. So you must pray. Lord, show me what I can't see. Jeremiah 33, 3. And this is the other thing to do. You need to start over reading the Bible. And when you read it, read it looking for the rewards that are in there and read it looking for showing you stuff like this. Proverbs 1130. The seeds of good deeds become a tree of life and a wise person wins friends. You win that. Hallelujah. This is what it's saying. Your good deeds become trees planted on the other side. So for every good deed that you do in planet Earth, they plant a tree in heaven. Heaven is not a completed place. It is a place that is under complete construction every single moment that this planet ticks. We are literally creating and extending heaven. I got to teach that later on. So you got to read the scripture. See, we keep reading the scripture religiously. You know, the seeds of good deeds become a tree of life and a wise person wins friends. Hallelujah. May the Lord add a blessing to the word we have read. I can't even remember it no more. It's been so long. And there's nothing wrong with it. No, see, Bible always got to go deeper. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the application of his word. See, I didn't hear all that at the Baptist church. I was at. Okay. But the point that I'm making is, is that God is life. God never said he was religious. He called himself two things, love and light. God is light. God is love. And then in other scriptures, it says God is light. He clothes himself with light. And he says that we are sons of light. You are not black. You are not white. You are light. We pull back that skin. You see a huge shaft of light. You stick out in the spiritual realm like red light and darkness. And everybody can see you. And the brightness of your light will determine your level of authority. Creatures can look at you in that realm. You know, and, 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 and I said this Wednesday. In every church service, in every scenario, there are actually more angels than people. See, if somebody just says that, oh, hallelujah, there are more angels than people. What are they here for? Because it takes that many angels to record what everybody is doing during the service. They record, you got angels that their sole responsibility is to record your attitude and your uh, intentional way in which you did praise and worship. You got all the angels. Their mode is to determine what your mindset was. And when the preached word was being preached, were you paying attention and actually accepted into your heart? Or were you just blowing it off? There was a scenario. And a lady said, she said the church service was going on. And she said the praise and worship was going on. And she said Jesus was walking down the aisle. He walked on the front row, stood in front of somebody. And when he just stood there, she said their whole chest cavity just opened up. And you could see the person's heart. And Jesus could see that what was coming out of our mouth what was, was not written on their heart. <laughs> I got to tell you. Y'all, let me tell you something. This is the reason why Christianity gets so boring. Because when all you do is just come to church. And you don't hear this. This right here, I don't care nothing about coming to church. Oh, yes, I'll be there, brother, because the Bible told me to be there. But I'm living this seven days a week. Or eight days a week, like we saw on that poster the other day. They said we open eight days a week. It's a restaurant downtown. Okay. So you need to take a picture of that. This is where you need to start. You need to start. So, so with this scripture that I read, every, every good deed, 
How many of you like how many of you like a nice looking house? How many know when you get a nice looking house, you need to have good looking agriculture around that house? You need to have some bushes and some flowers and some all of that type of stuff. That really accentuates the house. It makes it look really, really, really good. Okay? So, well, the other thing, see, there are men that love golf. And if they carry themselves correctly, not only get a mansion, but they get a golf course the size of Atlanta in their backyard. And it's your good deeds and your words. That's why the old folks said, only what you do for Christ will what? Last. Because they knew this time was fake. The Bible says everything in this planet is going to disappear. And it's very, very unfortunate. Because right now, the, the body of Christ is also falling into this trap of, if it ain't scientific, it ain't truth. Y'all, let me tell y'all something. And this is where I close for real. Quit laughing at me a lot, Laura. <laughs> I ain't know it's bad when your own wife just sitting on the front row just laughing at you like, yeah, whatever, dude. I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> I can't even... Y'all, technology and science and engineering and mathematics is all mundane stuff to heaven. They laugh at it. There is no engineering in planet Earth that exists in heaven. There is no technology that is in planet Earth that is even allowed there. There are no algorithms and mathematics that are allowed in heaven. The mathematics in heaven is way, way, way beyond the highest level of math. It's all low-level trash to them. I'm going to close with this. The highest level of technology is found in words. Because it is when the word was spoken that technology came into play. Word was spoken, mathematics was created for a fake realm. The word was spoken and engineering and all of the things that we are learning and catching up. Technology is actually catching up with what the word created it to be. This is the reason why when you study the Bible carefully, it says that you can change your circumstances by your words. Because your words are more technological than any technology. See? I mean, you know, they break into your electronic stuff. What is it called? Um, um, identity theft. Which is, of course, hacking. Okay? See, all electronic. They use technology. Okay? Well, I don't need technology to block it off, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. But my words that I speak over my bank accounts and my personal property is a higher level of technology and can stop any hack. It is the word of God that is more technological than anything. And we are living in a dimension now because of these computers and all of these cameras and all of this stuff. If you don't know how to speak the word, which is the highest level of technology, you will fall prey to the low level of technology. But I always remember, it was the word that created everything that is blowing away the sinners. Technology came about when God just said, let there be. How's level? You can change any circumstance in your life by only speaking the word day in, day out, regardless of how I feel, regardless what it looks like. Just keep speaking the word and the word will force anything whether it be in this planet or the things that come from outside the planet to change and bend to what you said remember the woman that had the demon possessed daughter i need you to heal my daughter no i need you to heal my daughter no i need you to heal my daughter 
It's not right for me to talk to Jewish Gentiles. I got to stick to the Jewish. Don't care. I need you to heal my daughter. He said, it's not right to cast that which is holy to the dogs. Wonderful. I need you to heal my daughter. Her word changed the son of God. Okay. You got to practice this stuff. Okay. You got to start putting a word on your debt this year. That's wonderful to look forward to stuff, y'all. But y'all, okay, how many of y'all got some dreams and y'all got some goals and you got some stuff that need to be paid for and some stuff that need to be purchased and some stuff that needs to be done? Y'all, ain't no second job about to bring this this fast. Okay, I'm sorry. Ain't no lottery ticket. Y'all, look, I need something that can cancel this mess behind the scenes. I need something that can go into my bank account and make $60,000 disappear overnight and they actually think that I paid it off. Some people don't believe that happens. It happens all the time. I need a stranger across a restaurant to be looking at me and an angel shows up with a sword and says, get that person $20,000 right now or this will be your last meal. That's the type of stuff that I need. Everything in planet eternity is instantaneous. What we call delay, the scripture, what we call time, the scripture calls delay. God created a realm where things would be delayed. Okay? So that's all it is. There is instantaneous. Okay, you got me. Y'all remember the three spots in scripture where what did the angel say? They said, the moment you prayed, <laughs> immediately, one guy said, before you finished the prayer, I was sent. Because in the eternal realm, everything is instant. It's instantly given. It's instantly given as a command. But it had, when it hits this realm, it has to work its way through time, space, and energy. So if you don't hold your ground with what you said two months ago, you don't give that eternal moment time to work its way through time, space, and And while it's working its way through time, space, and energy, the devil will work on you to change your word. Because as soon as you change your word... Because it was coming for your word. It wasn't even coming for Jesus' word. It's coming for yours. And while you're waiting on the eternal realm to work its way through the realm called delay. Okay, we, 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 it came immediately. But when we hit this realm, God created this realm to have delay. So we get delayed by demonic creatures. We get delayed by people who won't obey. Kenneth Copeland said he was preaching one time. And a man walked up to him at the end of service and said, here, gave him a Rolex watch. Hey man, I didn't ask you for no Rolex watch. He said, the Lord told me to give this to you 12 months ago. See, the command was given instantaneous, but it had to work its way through delay. And if you don't know how to stand and stand there for it, like the scripture says, Robert telling you to do that. Oh, we heard you the first time. Okay? We heard you. Technically, we knew you were going to pray that prayer. And so because we already knew you were going to ask, we were just waiting on you to start the first word. And as soon as you gave the first word, we then gave the answer. But it has to work its way through the realm called delay. And delay was created for certain reasons. Lots of reasons. And one of the reasons that delay was created in this realm called time is so that when you mess up, you won't be instantly judged. We will delay the judgment to give you time to repent. And when you repent, 
while the instant judgment was coming, because the judgment had to work its way through time, space, and energy. And while the judgment is working through, we'll have the Holy Spirit convict you so that you will repent. And when you repent, it's like changing your word. And then the judgment got to go back. See, I can do this all day. I just got to stop. I'm just trying to go a little small. Oh, we, how many know we're going someplace? We're going to be flying the friendly skies, and we're going to be looking up new frontiers and... That's why I put, go on the website. It says 2018, a new dawn of the morning. That's why it's an astronaut sitting right there. Right on the website. Love that astronaut. We're trying to do religious stuff all the time. Okay, please. Let's go ahead and stand. Yes, there's a lot of power getting ready to come. Thank you, O Lord God. That's funny. Y'all, you can go on the computer right now and order anything. And as soon as you hit the button, they instantly give it to you. But it has to work its way through time, space, and energy to get to your address. It's the same thing. You're asking God to get you out of debt and do this and do this. And it, you ask Him, and then because it didn't show up the next day, you then change your mind. You then start getting worried. You start getting depressed. I'm done with that in 2018. 2018, I don't have nothing to be depressed about. I'm just choosing. I don't have nothing to be depressed about. Okay? If I'm in a financial situation, I can get out. If I'm in a health situation, I can get out. I just got to speak the word. And you remember what? Come on, y'all. Do y'all remember what Jesus said? He said, when you pray this way, he said, believe. He used, remember the, the example that he used with the widow? I mean, the, the widow and the unjust judge in Luke chapter 18. He said, the woman was done wrong. He said, she went to the judge and said, I need you to change this. She made a request. And Jesus said, because the judge didn't care anything about God or man, the judge just ignored her. But it said, she held her ground and kept saying the same word and kept making the same request. She wouldn't back down. And then God said, listen to what the unjust judge said. This is amazing how these stories are. This ain't religious stuff. This is relentless. He said, listen to what the unjust judge said. And then the next verse says, the unjust judge said, you know what? I don't care about God or man. But because this old lady is wearing me down and won't change, I will give her everything that she has requested. Then the next verse says, now, if that's what the unjust judge did, how much more? Somebody say, what? Much more. He said, how much more will your heavenly father... Do the same thing. He said, the difference is, we'll do it speedily. But when we show up, will we find you saying the same thing three months later that you said in the beginning? That's what that scripture says. Every problem has an expiration date. And most of us stay in it way past the expiration date. I'm not trying to... Look... If my time, if I was supposed to be out of something last year or the year before, that means, y'all, we got to catch up with lost time. Some of you are already supposed to be out of debt three years ago. Quit worrying about mistakes, y'all. God already knew you were going to make another mistake. That's what's so wonderful about faith. 
It doesn't deliver based on how many mistakes you made. It delivers based on what you believe. Nothing else. It's the reason why sometimes unbelievers get more results than Christians. Go ahead and lift your hand. Thank you, O Lord God. Blessed be your holy day. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Father God. Blessed be your holy name, O God. Thank you, O Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We thank you. Praises be unto thee, O Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Father. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, O Lord God, for every person that is here under the sound of my voice. And we will all be included in this prayer, for we have all wasted time. We have all allowed the enemy of our soul to trick us into many hurtful situations. We have all allowed, O Father God, day after day after day to pass by. But we know, O Father God, that you are a forgiving God. You said your mercies are new every single morning. And one of the major ways that you give us mercy is by giving us more time. You have delayed even your coming to give people more time. So we thank you, O Father God, that you have allowed us to hear these things while there is still time for us to make a difference so that we can write our own ticket for eternity. We thank you, O Father God. According to Jeremiah 33.3, we ask, O Lord God, that you would speak unto us. Show us great and mighty things that we cannot distinguish. Show us things that we cannot figure out. Show us how to catch up with lost time. Show us, O Lord God, how to reverse our fortunes in the name of Jesus Christ. Give us grace to commit to your plan. For Jesus said that if we would give up our lives, we would win it. And if we would try to hold on to our lives, we would lose it. It is our desire, O Lord God, to receive every single thing that Jesus died for. To receive every single thing that Jesus died for, O Lord God, so that we can move forward. So in Jesus' name, fill us with the knowledge of your will. Show us what to do. We thank you, O Lord God. We come into agreement that for every person that is here that chooses to, you will begin to speak unto us. You will begin to lead us and guide us. You said in Isaiah 48:17 that you would teach us the prophet and you would lead us and guide us in the way that you would have us to go. Your whole kingdom is based on profiting and being rewarded. And so we thank you, O Lord God. We ask that after today, you will begin to pour out more and more and more wisdom concerning, O Lord God, the other side, so we can know what's there and prepare ourselves for eternity is forever. And it is our aim, O Lord God, to live in the mansions that you said that you have set aside for us. So we bless you and we honor you. Thank you, O Lord God, for doing these things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Lift your hands and give God thanks for that. If you believe you receive that, thank God for revealing unto you every single thing that you need to do. Thank God for reversing your fortunes. Thank God for turning your situation around. Come on, lift up your voice and give God thanks and praise. Thank you, Lord God. Ask God to give you wisdom. For you said, O oh Lord, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and it will be given unto him liberally. Without fail, in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Father. Thank you, O Lord God. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah.